Thanks for tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. It is episode 92. I am Josh Roop. With me, my co-captain as always. Scott Larson. And Scott, we have such an unusual week of news here. Yeah, it's, well, it's it's certainly been interesting. But do you know what's not unusual? Uh, ordering a new pinball machine. Yes. <laughs> and, so, and we know that Stern has officially announced Bond is coming. We just yeah. haven't officially seen stuff. So. Right. So anyway. So if you want that new Bond, who do you hit up, Scott? So I contact Zach and Nicole Mini at Flipping Out Pinball. And uh, even if you have, uh, you want one of the newer ones, uh, Godzilla's great, uh, Mandalorian's great, and Rush is great. Uh, Rush is actually, since I've had it up, is a lot of fun. And it's a good shooter. So I'm really excited about that one. Um, if you want to get that pre-order in for Bond, uh, get, definitely go ahead and reach out to them. They can certainly get you on a list. They also have some, uh, I guess, museum quality pieces they're trying to sell. And you can definitely see that on their website, too. Yep. So that, at least that section anyway. I don't know if it's necessarily on the website or on their Facebook update, but either way, you can figure it out. Also, Zach's kind of turning into the accessory king. I mean, if you want those toppers, he's got those toppers, along with side blades, art blades, all, all the stuff. If you yep. want any of that, go ahead, hit up Zach. He'll get it for you. And if you do, tell him Loser Kids sent you and say happy anniversary. It was his 16th year being married to his wonderful wife, Nicole. So nice. congratulations to them. Okay, so uh, let's start off. I actually have a quick update on... Uh, for those of you who got the Iron Maiden mod, uh, we talked to Steve Govea about and his mass production of the Sarcophagus and as the replacement for the plastic. There is, uh, he he's not doing these for a mass release, but he did take the Cyborg Eddie and he updated it and put some uh, shooters on his, uh, like some lights on his lasers. But he also... Uh, modified the mouth to be more in keeping with how that cyborg Eddie has been portrayed. So that looks really uh, cool. Um, I, I did ask him if he was planning on doing this for mass production, but he said uh, it, it's way too much work to actually do that because he's modifying the existing mod uh, or the existing sculpt. But it does look really cool. It looks, um, I guess it looks thematically consistent with his sarcophagus mod. So uh, that looks great. Maybe if you throw enough money at him, he'll make one for you. Yeah, exactly. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, I know you're not making this publicly, but hey, yeah. if I yeah on the slide, hey. no, it's uh, but it's it's been super nice, and uh, seeing his uh, his game progress, it looks really cool. Yeah, definitely. And then speaking of mods, I received a mod last night, and you know me, I'm not huge on mods. You're not I, a huge modder, yeah. I don't mind if they come with the pinball machine, but I'm not usually the guy that's going to buy one outside and install it myself. But uh, we were hanging out in the Triple Drain chat. We've made one with them, and I think it was Joel that sent us this picture of the Tokyo Sign Mod yep. that was being made by Stumbler. And it was a limited run, and it's just watching it in action in the video and the pictures, it's quite the eye-catching mod. And uh, I decided, let's give this a try. Uh, I ordered it. What's it been? It's been a couple months now. Mm -hmm. And finally it dropped. Uh, I got it last night in the mail. Installed it this morning. Only took about 15, 20 minutes. Not oh, nice. very long. And that's including with kids bothering me and, and running in and out. And I didn't want their hands inside the pinball machine. Really, really simple to install. I think there's 
three screws total. It's it's really not that bad. And some zip ties. You got to run the wiring through some mm. wiring harnesses, but it's not bad. Uh, overall, I'm very impressed with this mod from the packaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, very official showing up. A box inside of a box. So you pull out the box inside of a box. It's a black, beautiful box. Pink neon lettering. Godzilla Tokyo sign mod. You open that up. It's all like even the filling. It's not like packing peanuts. It's like this color coded. Oh, wow. Filling that matches the box. And then you pull out your sign and stuff like that. All of it's prepackaged in Ziplocs. Um, I wish they would stick like a post to know or something in there, though, saying, hey, this is where you find the instructions. Because I opened it up and I'm like, this is very intimidating with a couple wiring harnesses. Right. Yeah. And this mod. But even like the mod itself, what impresses me is when I think mod, sometimes I think homebrew. Right. I, th- I think a lot of us think that. Like, unless you're talking like a flat out company like Measle Mods. Mm-hmm. So I was half expecting this to be kind of like homebrewish. I've seen Stumbler stuff in the past and it's really impressive. But pulling this out, it felt official. It felt like a company which it probably is a company that made has been making these for years. Mm. I mean, even Stumbler's printed on the circuit boards. It's printed on oh, wow, the stickers cool. that were holding together the boxes. I mean, it's crazy that like this little thing is just, it, it just looks so official. So like I said, you, you take the two screws off, you, you pop out your old sign, you put the new sign in, you run the wiring harness down into the cab, zip tie it into place. You're pretty much good to go. The instructions, though, is like 25 points or whatever. Really, it's not too bad because there's extra optional stuff because of like a, a power splitter if you have one of those in your game or anything like that. But honestly, I can't wait to see the other two signs because he's talked about making the two signs on the back that go on the buildings Yeah, to kind of match the neon Tokyo up front. It is eye-catching. Like, as soon as you turn on this machine because it's receiving power, it's it's totally black when you turn on the game except for the sign. You got this hot pink neon sign it's gorgeous i don't know it's it definitely adds to the game and makes it feel i mean this game already feels packed as is right and that's one thing i dislike about mods is sometimes to clutter them up yeah yes like i met a guy when i bought my first pinball machine he used astroturf to cover the apron on his no good gophers yeah that just seems I don't know how to put it nicely. Like it, it just doesn't seem very professional. It, it doesn't well, seem okay. Like- it looks very much like a well. Okay, you know those dioramas you made in junior high. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's that's so, a perfect. So that, that's always that. That's always that fine line that you have to walk when you're putting stuff in a game because if it looks closer to something that would have come in the game uh, from a professional company, then it certainly integrates a lot better. If it looks, uh, I'm not a big fan of taking like a toy and just throwing in a, a, like a car or something and just throwing in an LED light in it and then just connect it to the bottom uh, that it, it, it feels like, oh, well, you just kind of grabbed something off your kid's uh, dresser and put it in there. Yeah. Um, but if it looks like it should be integrated, then I, I think it's awesome. I totally agree. And this does. It feels like it is part of the machine. Which number were you, by the way, on the list? Do you remember? Uh, 253. No, okay. 230. I, w- I was in below the 250, so I think I was 235. Because okay. you're just right. A, you're right like 10 past me, so you should be getting yours 
Yeah, I actually paid for mine, and so I should be getting mine soon. So I'm that. That's why I was like looking for. Oh, I wonder where Josh is. Oh, I'm two forty. Oh, actually, you're two thirty nine. I'm two forty. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, so you should be getting yours any day now. I should be getting mine any day. It probably yeah, beautiful, it, it, I mean, beautiful since, mod. Since Vernal's a little closer to uh, New uh, England, excuse me, then it should. Uh, that's probably why it came to you first. You would think that, but the weird part is they ship everything to Salt Lake, so they ship it past me, and then they ship it back towards me. So unless if it went through Denver, but I highly doubt it. FedEx yeah. usually goes through Salt Lake. Right. But go check out his website, stumblerpinball.com. Davey is awesome. He was great to work with. I can't speak highly enough of this man. The, the mods are so professional, so well done. And if you haven't looked at his Creature from the Black Lagoon snack bar mod, Go check this out as well. It really yeah, brings that, a lot. That's game. really impressive too. Is that that the one the the eat at like the diner mod? Yep. And even each letter lights up, and it looks it looks like a a sign you'd see out on the street going to to yeah. a, a cafe or whatever, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I I am looking forward to getting my mod in then for uh, for that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's always that fine line too because. And you could legitimately dump in a two thousand dollars worth of mods into games. Yes, and so it can. And I, this wasn't a cheap mod. <laughs> no, so th- th- it can get expensive really quickly. Yeah, I think that's the only reason I did switch out this one because I, even though the flat plastic works, I think that this adds more depth to the visualization of the game. Sure. Well, and that's why you see a difference between like, well, I'll go back to Iron Maiden. Um, uh, An easy way of making it, uh, of bringing down the build of material is to pull out 3D items and replace them with a 2D plastic printed item. Yep. And so, and and that's because that's super cheap. It's super cheap to manufacture, uh, but actually, if you have something that's three D sculpted, it has to be manufactured. Which, I mean, if you're doing a volume run, it's not as big of a deal. But most of them, you know, it's that that that's the reason why you're paying more for a premium or an LE, and that's yeah. an easy way for them to scale it back. But it is eye catching when you see it to say, oh yeah, that does make a difference. And like I said, where it kind of integrates with the game, like where it's already replacing something, Mm -hmm. uh, it it makes it look a lot better, in my opinion. And and Godzilla is a beautiful game. I think that's the other thing, too. I don't see I don't foresee Godzilla ever leaving my collection. I love this game. It is right. It has officially went to the top of my favorite game of all time. I think that having any Elwin game is actually like I will always have at least one. But currently I have all four. Yeah. And I I don't really see me moving any out anytime soon probably the next one to go for me would be led zeppelin just because even my wife's like i don't really like playing this game and the theme's great but it's i i don't have a lot of fun shooting it um i'm also considering like mandalorian but i haven't had enough time on it but it's very similar to um well i wouldn't say similar but it it doesn't engage me as much and since i am not a huge fan of a a gimmick taking up a huge portion of real estate that uh that little tilty upper play field i it feels like it shuts the game off a lot more than uh, having a more open play field 
uh, I did end up selling Earthshaker. Speaking of okay, getting rid of games. Yeah. So I'm just kind of waiting. I'm I'm waiting to see what comes out. Yeah. But but before but, we move on to that, because we do have we do have some stuff to go off with Bond. I guess we want to hear and talk to you about Expo, right? Go ahead. I was gonna say a lot of people, a lot of people. This is their first time going to Pinball Expo in Chicago. Some of the highlights we'd recommend. Um, and obviously people want to know about this stuff because one of our top listened episodes is pinball expo recapped from last year. Really? Like the one I went around with like my voice recorder. No, that was, that was, I was like that. That was okay. That would have surprised me. No, I'm talking about the one after we came back. It has me and you playing pinball Olympics is our picture. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pinball expo is great. Uh, the free play area we hope is a little different than it was last year. But really, the main focal point of Expo is the the manufacturer's area. Mm-hmm. Place is beautiful. I mean, it's very well lit. I wish this is the one problem yeah. I have with it too is they only have it open from like five to ten. Okay, I, I will say I, I did look because of that. I did look at because I actually talked to um one uh, one of our listeners uh, her name is Julie and she is she was asking about going to um going to expo and so i talked to her and i said well okay so here are the things there are a lot of seminars that go during the day but the event hall is more limited however i pulled up to see when the event hall is open and thursday it is open at noon oh wow cool and it goes till midnight Friday, wow. it is open at 10 a.m. and then goes till midnight. And Saturday, it opens at 10 a.m. So that is a change from last time. But wait, is that specifically just the free play area or is it that? It says including- event hall. I'm not sure what the event hall uh, does, does that include the free play and the vendor area or just the free play area? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either, but that would be exciting if that's the case, because that is my one problem I had with that area is not only was the manufacturer area closed off from like five to 10, but they yeah. also put all the homebrews back in there. It was kind of strange. It was, and that was one thing I walked away kind of regretting is I didn't even get to play. I saw Sonic, mm-hmm. but everyone was always playing it mm-hmm. and I didn't have time. And even, even Saturday night when I'm like, Scott, I've got to go to bed. I know it's only 10, but. I had to be out of here at three in the morning to get on my flight. And uh, you're like, well, just come play at least just, just a round or two. I'm like, well, with the line, the way it is, it's, it's insane, you know? But yeah. if, the, if that's the case, if the whole thing's open for 10 so, plus yes. hours, it'll be nice to see. It'll be nice yes. to see. The other thing too, is know that if you're playing pinball right at midnight, when it does all shut down, they, they will, will shut off. off the game. Yes. Yeah. You'll be in the middle of the game. They won't even say anything. They'll just like, you're done and click. Yeah. It, it, I was like, oh, well, I, I, I guess we're done. Like there was no negotiating. It was like, I'm on my last ball. Let's, let's, let's finish this out. No, they were just like, you're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, seminars were great. I do recommend hanging out for, I hope Dwight does family without the feud again. Yeah. That was fun. That was, that was awesome. I'd highly recommend that one. Uh, any of the manufacturers seminars are fantastic as well. Yeah. You get a lot of good information there. Plus they give away, they give away prizes and stuff that like that. 
there's another seminar too, but I'm not allowed to talk about it yet. So, oh, dun dun dun. dun, dun. Um, there's uh, geez, okay. Geez, geez. Are they doing the uh, the pinball Olympics um, again this year? Do you know? I don't know. I was gonna actually look that up really quick. If you do want to do, I assume they're gonna do pinball Olympics. It's just kind of has been going on for years now, and I don't see why they wouldn't do it unless a banger J says, "Hey, this, I'm not doing it this year." Right. But they've had repeated things on it. I'm hearing. I'm doing the Googles. Okay, I I saw Jay announced last. Oh, okay. Actually, the the last update I see on their Facebook is from 2021. Yeah, same here. So we'll just have to keep a close eye on that. We are a month and a half out from Expo. Yeah. yeah. So we'll kind of try to update as if you can get in on this. It's usually a limited number of tickets. Usually about a hundred. They sell it quick. Yeah. But if you can, go do Pinball Olympics. It's definitely an experience that is like none other, I'd say, in the whole world. Yeah. And it, you will have a great time. It, it was a blast. It is. You are committing that Saturday, though. Yeah. Because it, it's about a 45-minute drive. So you need a One combination way. of a ride and the, the ability to stick around for four hours. Yep. Four so, hours plus. Yeah. But they feed you... They have refreshments. Oh yeah, I, it was it was totally worth it. It was oh, yeah. totally worth it. I'm actually kind of surprised the tickets when we first paid for them. They were a hundred bucks a ticket, which that might bucks, go up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot that they gave you for your ticket money. Yeah, I, I, it was an event, so you played all all the games, and they had even brought in extra games yep. for. They had a head to head. Metallica, which was kind of fun because if you went and hit the cross target, it would immediately tilt out the other machine. Yep. So it just I, you, you're not going to have that set up just all the time, but uh, they pulled in extra games, pulled in a friend to do that. So I, I, I hope they do it again because it was it was a blast. I agree. Also, Expo, it's the same area. There's not a ton of food there, so you will have to probably find some kind of travel. Yeah. The hotel does have a shuttle, if I remember correctly, and there are some places close by that weren't too bad. Yeah, it seems like you'll probably be doing a rideshare app and finding finding a location that's close. It is not in downtown Chicago. I mean, it it is kind of in, in the like industrial area where it's not, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, event centers but it really isn't centered around like a, a place that people gather. Yeah. So there, it almost it, feels like a suburb to me. It, it's it's totally of, a suburb. Yeah. And it's, it's also like a, it's a, a suburb, but okay. Just imagine your town and then driving like 25 minutes out of town, out of the center of town. Cause there's always some convention center because the land is cheaper out there. Yeah. But it's not really next to any major restaurants because there's not as much traffic out there. Yeah. So that that's how that happens. It's it's great location though and there's some really great food nearby. Uh, we'd recommend the Chicago deep dish pizza. Mhm. It's always a fight though, so I don't know who you'd want to get the recommendation from, but we hear Illuminati's, which I had while we were there, was delicious. It was really good. And, and Giordano's, which mm-hmm. is I think's better in my opinion. And I think Gino's East, like I, uh, I think that's another one. Um, but okay. I will say, I think they're all pretty good, but realize it is thick. And so it's like eating a big slice of lasagna. So you are, you're going to have one, maybe two slices. 
Definitely. If you go for three, then you're you're probably going to bust your belly. How many did we we had? I want to say about ten people at our booth, maybe yeah. a little less. Mm-hmm. We only had three pizzas, and there was plenty of leftovers. There was, yeah. Um, which is impressive, in my mm-hmm. opinion. You always do pizza math, right? You go to the party, they open up uh-huh. the boxes, you count out the people. You're like eight slices per pizza. That gives me about two slices at how many people's here. Sure, to keep an eye on. You know what I'm saying? Everyone does the pizza math. If you don't, you're lying. I promise but you that. You didn't do the pizza math correctly at Texas Pinball when we had rando dude who walked up and just opened up our pizza box and grabbed three slices and walked away. Folded it into like a massive sandwich and was like, "Thanks." Yeah, no, he didn't say didn't say anything. Just picked it up and walked. So. Yeah. But at, at at the dish places, realize that your time's going to be longer. It's going to be 45 minutes to cook it. So sometimes people call in and, and place the order before they even get there. It didn't feel that long because we had a lot of great people there. We had we had Jeff Teolis. He had Tim Lee. We yeah. had uh, Joel with Triple Jam. Triple Dream. Triple Jam. Yeah. Triple Dram. Uh, we we were just surrounded by all these wonderful people. Tim Lee's wife was there, Amy. It was great mm-hmm. to meet her and get to know her as well. Um, so there is that. And then we went and hit lunch with Eclectic Gamers at Portilio's. If you want to try Italian beef, this is a place to go. Fantastic. Hey, weren't you the only one who like, there was something about your order that was completely different than uh, Tony and Dennis and mine. You you all got I didn't know you could put a sausage inside the sandwich along with your oh. your Italian beef. <laughs> yeah. So there was that and then I got the hot peppers which were oh. not hot. Yeah. They were they were good. Okay. They, they had a lot of flavor but they were not hot. I think I just got the standard. You know when you walk up and there's always that one thing, you know, it's like you go to McDonald's and you're getting a Big Mac. Yeah. And so I just went and got whatever standard thing they had. Well, I wish I would have gotten the the Italian beef with the sausage in the middle. Yeah. But if you like French dips, it's very similar. It's They take the beef. It's got a lot of good flavor. They soak it in like an au jus, and then they put it on your bun. Mm-hmm. I went with the hot peppers. I recommend the hot peppers. I think it was Delicious. good. I think I ended up just eating the the meat and leaving the soggy bun. But but other than that, if you have any more questions, we're more than happy to tell you about Expo. We're really excited. Flipping the script is good to go. I think we've got the schedule pretty well set. We're doing a little adjustments here and there. Uh, some of the guests, Eric Minier, Keith Owen, Robert Sharp has agreed. His movie premiere does not conflict with Expo. So he will be there and he's on the schedule. We're excited for that. Maybe we'll use this as an opportunity. If there's some product there, we'll get it signed as well for the auction. Uh, we're going to be doing 12 hours, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. on Thursday. And with this going till did you say midnight on Thursday? So it, well, it says Thursday is, um, yeah, it goes to midnight. Um, there's also the, well, uh, finish up what you're talking about, flipping the script. Well, I was just going to say, we're going to be open the whole time, but it sounds like we'll wrap up a little bit before Expo's done. So if you want to come over and hang out with us afterwards, we're going to have the Poorman there. We're going to have Zach Many with Pinball Show slash Straight Down the Middle slash Flipping Out, whatever you want to talk about. Amanda Hamilton, Bill Webb's going to be there. We've got Craig Bobby is going to do some of the uh, interview as well. He's excited for his guest. Jen Ruper of No Coin Drop added, which congratulations on the new job, Jen. Hope the move goes well. That's awesome that you got that job over there at Joann's. Um, but other than that, you know, we're, we're going to have so much going on with this. We've got so much product. I'm, I'm going to, I want to talk about one of the items donated. I don't know if I can officially talk about it yet, but this is a one of a kind product 
donated to us. I will tell you, it is a play field, but it's a play field like nothing you've ever seen. And you're going to want this. I want this. Everyone I showed in the group, that's part of the flipping out group. Yeah, I, I looked at that and I said, I, I may have to bid on that. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, I really want this. And uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So when we get the opportunity, we'll show it probably on the Facebook. Right. On the Facebook. <laughs> Nice. On the on the book of face. Yeah. Uh, so looking at the schedule of events, a couple of things that people may be interested in. Jersey Jack has an in-tour uh, option. Um, it looks like it says 9, 945, 1030, 11, 15, 12, 1240. So that's on Thursday. Stern is doing a virtual tour uh, on Friday at 1030. So Josh, what, what is your thought on a virtual tour versus a group tour? I enjoyed the virtual tour. I felt like we got to see more in depth behind Stern and you kind of get the best of both worlds with this one because you do have the virtual tours for Stern, but they will have an in-person JJP tour. Right. So you, if you want to physically go uh, to a pinball manufacturer, you can definitely go to JJP and I guarantee it's going to be a similar uh, production line that what Stern has. And with Stern, I, I agree with you that having the, you know, it was a uh, Jack danger who did it last year where he went around with a camera. He walked into a lot of places that there's no way a tour could go into. Yeah. So it, it, it was, it was quite nice to see that and just a little behind the scenes. No, I totally agree. And I, I highly recommend it if, if you got opportunity, that's on Thursday mm-hmm. too. So, and also there are, uh, and there's also tournaments too. So if you're looking for tournaments, uh, there's definitely something about, uh, something for almost everybody there's main uh, a and b there's women's classics kids there's an atari pinball expo tournament so just keep that in mind if you're looking for some sort of tournament for your skill level there will be something yeah and the tournament is fun i just recommend if you're going for expo and you want to see the vendor stuff and you want to see what expo has to offer i would recommend maybe not playing in the tournament on last year thursday was really not packed with anything and so after the stern tour and with the vendor hall being shut down till five in the afternoon i'm like well i'll just do the tournament then and so it was nice to do the tournament on thursday but then friday rolled around and it really cut into my schedule because of well just the way that the tournament set up so i recommend if you're going to go for tournament play in tournament if you're going to go for the show go for the show other than that that's that's my biggest recommendation so I think that's enough about Expo and flipping the script. We're excited for it. it things are ramping up. We're getting so close. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about what, what everyone wants to talk about right now. Is that your James Bond? Yeah. I, I, I thought you were going <laughs> to. Oh, yeah. Great. He's doing his own theme music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, James Bond. So it was supposed to be revealed today. We're recording at 11.54 on Tuesday. It was officially announced by Stern last week that they would be revealing today, but they did not. Yeah. Um, but the interesting part is, is they were supposed to be doing it in conjunction with IAPA out in England. So they were setting up the game yesterday, and someone took plenty of photos of it, unbeknownst to, I guess, the guy setting it up. Yeah, who knows? I, know. I, I I guess I won't get too much into the origin of those photos, but I yes. think everybody who's interested in pinball has seen them. Yep, 
I think though, let, let's hurry and hit the official notes. So okay. Gomez was on Marco's tech stream last week. If you aren't watching that, you should. Scott's always been talking about this. Like we need someone to teach us how to fix pinball machines. Marco's picked this up and they're doing fantastic with it. Yeah. And they're all recorded. So if you want to go back and look at them, go look at them. But Gomez was on and he was talking about, yes, I'm doing Bond. Yes, it's uh was originally Steve Ritchie's design, but I started it was so early in the process, I decided to rebuild it from the ground up. He showed off the scuba diver toy, but it was really he did it so quickly. You had to kind of take a screen grab of it and figure out what he was holding up. Um, we're thinking that's under the play field somewhere. He also talked about the Aston Martin car, which is very famous from Goldfinger, uh, and having the injector seat from that in the game as well. Uh, and that's kind of what we officially know about Bond. Now, unofficially, what are your thoughts of these pictures, Scott? This does look to be a premium because yes. I'm looking at the lower scoop and it looks like it has the illuminated uh, cutout on the left side. So yes. that, and that's that that's at least all I can see on that. The game is not powered on. It it obviously has insider connected. On one side it has um what I don't know if these are directly from the movie posters, but they look very much like they were made in 1960. Yeah, or I 19... think they're directly from yeah. the movie posters. Yeah, and then on the right side, the art has um, other movie posters. Then you uh, get into the playfield. You have a, a looks like a rocket with a looks like a horseshoe ramp in the upper left. On the right, you have a couple wire forms. You also have what looks like the pop bumper nest that looks in the upper right part of the playfield. Um, a lot, a lot of, um, wire form ramps in this one. Yes. So there's, there's a lot of stuff and, and it looks like you have, um, diamonds are forever. You only live twice. Thunderball, Goldfinger, Um, and uh, right. It's all the Connery movies. Yes. It, it is the con. Well, it, it also had, yeah, it also has, you only live twice. Cause wasn't there like another bond that like Roger Moore had already started being Bond and then didn't Sean Connery come out with like one more movie? Yeah, they it brought was, him back. Yeah, it was kind of so a there weird... was actually two Bonds. There was one that they George brought on Lazenby. Only... Yeah, they, yeah, they was... brought on from one movie and then they did Roger yeah. Moore. No, they had like a spoof, like Casino Royale, which was originally kind of like a spoof movie. And then well, they brought that Connery to. Yeah, but I, th I think there was some sort of issues with the licensing at that time in that. It was, even though it was Bond, it wasn't really officially released through the Bond network. Yeah. Like, there was like something that. very weird about that because Roger Moore had already done one or two movies. Yeah. So, yeah. And it uh, looks like they're bringing back the crane or something similar because it looks like an arm with, uh, with a guy in a tux and a jetpack. And it looks like it moves out on the play field. Yep. Uh, the rumor has it that this is uh, Gomez, which has a shot that's quite similar to the Katana shot in Deadpool. So that actually it's not rumor. He he did officially confirm okay. last. Okay. All right. It, it, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, so it does feel like a Gomez game, and uh, I don't know. I on a on a scale of excitement, Josh, given the limited amount that we have. How excited are you? And right now we're get also going to get into 
more of the, the weirdness of this week. But I'm just I'm going off your initial impression. So on Monday, the photos were leaked and you saw them. What did you think? Uh, just looking at artwork alone, Wolf, it's rough. It's weird to me. Yeah. It's weird to me. Like typically you look at a pinball machine, they're pretty symmetrical on the artwork, which is fine. You can use the excuse, well, it slides into my lineup, yada, yada, yada. But like the idea of putting movie posters on one side and then having like a firefight action scene on the other side with Connery, who for some odd reason is not holding the airplane controls. He's doing his classic Bond pose with the, the gun up in the air, which, you know, everyone does in the middle of a firefight when in an airplane. It just, it's weird to me. It almost looks caricature-ish. And so it was really weird. And then digging into the play field after looking at these pictures, it's definitely unique. I don't feel like there's a Gomez game that has been made like this before. There are similar shots that are classic signatures from Gomez, but I feel like it's kind of a fresh take from Gomez versus what we've seen in the past. I mean, uh, Batman 66 was a remake of Dark Knight. Uh, Deadpool was pretty fresh. Um, Beatles was a rehash of Sea Witch, which was just an updated version. So in terms of seeing something new from Gomez, I feel like that is it. I want to see the video on this because looking at the play field, it looks like it could be a lot of fun. I'm concerned at some of the shots because like that, there's like a double ramp on the right side. It's, you got the ramp that curves in and then it's almost T-bones into the side of it. I want to see how that works in action. I'm concerned though of rejects you shoot that shot and it doesn't actually like hit the metal and, and turn do the 180 and go down the ramp mm -hmm. I, i'm nervous it'll hit the metal and bounce back down towards you yeah we'll see um and it's hard too because there's like foam in the picture holding the missile into place well, there's... okay that's obviously what it shipped with because definitely anytime you're you know when when we got mandalorian the razor crest was all you know packaged up so it doesn't get banged yeah. up but there's a lot of vertical up kickers in this. It looks like that's the only way to get to Bond that's on uh, the jetpack. Mm -hmm. But it's cool that there's a there's a target from above. So it'll be interesting if you can control Bond on the arm and then you have to line it up to drop it on the target. Yeah, um, has that ever been done before? I'm not for sure. I, I know, know like I'm getting rescue 911 vibes with, with Bond on. Okay, yeah. we had Mick on a stick, right? Yeah. This is bond on, bond on a wand. Yes. There you go. So with the bond on a wand, is it going to, are you going to be able to control bond or is it just going to come out and you just hit the action button when you think it's close enough? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I feel like Gomez is really known for his mechs. So I feel like this does have some cool mechs in it between the rocket, the jetpack, the ejector seat from the Aston Martin, which appears to be a lid on the car that the ball comes up through, assuming through another vertical up kicker. Right. Um, other, I don't know. It looks fun, and it's it's hard to. So we don't know exactly who's doing code, but based off of the shots of the playfield from the leaks, you're able to move your multiplier and lock it in with your your lockdown bar button. And the only person I can think of that's ever done that before is Dwight with Star Wars. So I'm half wondering if Dwight's on this. Yeah, that's who I'm leaning towards. Yeah, and Tanya did uh, Deadpool. It, it wasn't a deep rule set, but it's been very popular because of the balanced nature of it. Yes. Um, but Tanya's been really busy with doing uh, Insider Connected, from what I understand. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I don't know if he has time to do something mm -hmm. like this. 
but um, it could be another Dwight, uh, Dwight. And since there was enough time between Rush and this one, I think you could probably put anybody in there that you wanted. I don't know. Sexton and Rady, I think, would still be too tied up. Okay, that would be a little tight. I think those are yeah. those are the ones that are out just because they just released Rush. But I think the other options are there. Well, and Rick Nagel's always with Elwin, and that mm-hmm. was you know on Godzilla. So right. Really, what does that leave you with? You've got Dwight, maybe Lonnie Rop. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think who else was who else. Who else is there? Dwight, Lonnie, Tanya. So, and those are the those are the three that yeah. typically come up. So, but let's get. Can we get into the weirdness of this? Song? Okay. Yeah. So th- this is the elephant in the room. They they announced that oh we're going to have this big announcement on you know so the teaser came out what like Thursday or Friday something like that it came out t- Tuesday of last week Tuesday of last week okay yes uh, and then in the meantime. We had the death, the death of the Queen of England. Yes. And, okay, it's not too much of a shock. She was 96 years old, and uh, she had some, some health issues associated with age, obviously, in the last couple of years. And so she passed away. Now, it was still announced and set up at the, the expo or, or whatever they're calling it, the IAPA. IAPA. And uh, that's where the, the pictures came from. It looked like the, they were setting up the game, and that's where the pictures showed up. However, after that, Stern put an announcement out that, oh, well, in respect for the Queen, we are delaying the uh, launch for a week. Okay? Which is even weirder, because that was followed by a statement from IAPA saying that nothing's happened. Nothing's changing. Yes. Yes. And so, so it seems like, you know, when there's an, uh, there's a statement that is released that it doesn't seem to line up. Something smells funny. Something smells odd. Yeah. Because it seems like, okay, I, I don't really care why they delayed something. I mean, things get delayed all the time. Yeah. But it seems like a false flag to say it was because of the queen when nothing else was delayed. Well, and there's nothing, honestly, let's say, let's be realistic here. This has to either come down to a licensor or there has to be something like they forgot to convert these over to UK voltage. Like there's, there's gotta be some kind of major thing. There's zero chance that they forgot to, to convert it to UK voltage. They've been doing, they've been doing games uh, for Europe forever. And but so, my point being is, it's like if people saw the leaked photos, yeah. and then like Stern for some odd reason got a bunch of backlash from this. It's not like they're changing the artwork in a week. They're they're not dumping the game. No. Um, yeah. I okay. This is what I suspect. I suspect that they they were waiting on full approval from the licensor, and the licensor dragged their feet on giving it. Now we've seen that before. I mean, we saw the leaked photos of the Star Wars R2-D2 topper. And then that was in in No Man's Land forever. And then eventually it came out and guess what? It was exactly the same. So are are they going to change a game based on a leaked photo? No way. No. No way. Unless if the licensor saw it and was like, what the crap? (laughs) Okay. If the licensor only saw the game 
from a leaked photo and they hadn't been previewed on it, then that's a major problem. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that's the case. Like, and that here's the other hard part too. Like the queen is a fine excuse. I, I guess it's that's a what convenient we're excuse. It. It's a convenient excuse, but it really puts Stern in a hard spot when it comes to licensors, because it's not like they can come out and flat out say, Hey, right. We're pushing it out because people at bond said we had to, because we don't have approval. Yes. Yeah. And so it, it really puts them in a rock and a hard spot when it comes to licensors, because these are the people they're dealing with and they have to be very, well, you have to play nice with licensors. You can't yes. come in hardball because the bottom line is it's their intellectual property that you are licensing from them to and make the game. That too, you don't know the relationships. What we don't, they do. They don't know what they know. What other relationships will be involved in future titles with a licensor? Mm-hmm. It's not just James Bond. MGM owns part of this licensing, or most of it. MGM owns. MGM owns a bunch of licenses, especially from the 60s, 70s, 80s, which seems to be Stern's wheelhouse of pulling from. So you can't upset the licensor now without making waves for what could be future problems. So that's where we're at with this. Yeah. It's so, it, okay. I don't know. What's your initial thought on this? The, the delay, what do you think? I've already stated that I think it, this is just pending licensor approval and they anticipated they were getting it and they didn't have it. Yeah. I think that's what it is too. Cause uh, all, all the other things don't sound like there's a lot. I mean, the rumor mill is going wild, insanely wild right now, you know, like that, uh, they they're pulling that or, uh, or Elwin's releasing his own version of the game. Okay. Which can we I, talk about that right now? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So it was posted this morning by Canada's pinball podcast. Yeah. That Ellen, because Gomez last week, this is coming from some factual evidence. Gomez last week on Marco says we're making a pro, a premium, an LE, and then we have a fourth edition. That's or we have no. I only think they said they had a fourth edition. We have a fourth surprise, right? Involved with this, sure. So a lot of people have been speculating. Well, we're going Batman style. We're going to do a super LE, right? There's going right. to be. Well, but Canada then released a post on his Facebook page stating that Elwin's actually making the fourth game, that it's not going to be limited, so it's going to be readily available for whoever wants it, and the distributor gets to set the price. That seems super unlikely to me, because when, uh, and again, we are we don't have any inside information. We are speculating on someone's speculation. Yeah. Right. Okay, right. so we are on. We are indefinitely. Uh, there is nothing that is concrete about our opinions here. However, yeah. let's let's look at this factually, though. How much resources go into producing a single game? A ton. Okay. How many? And this is obviously calculated into the build of materials. How many do they have to sell to break even? I don't know a Stern. Obviously, I don't know either. But Stern has a reputation of making their money off volume sales. Yes. And they have, you know, 80, you know, whatever Gary's claiming it is, like 85% of the market share right now. Yeah. And so it is a crazy amount of, of stuff. And the reason why they're doing it, we saw this with Toy Story. When Toy Story was released and it was a, ultra premium price 
the first day it was gangbusters and then ghosts yeah. because everyone's like, well, $12,000. Um, is that, is that what I want to pay my money for? Yeah. So you have to say that JJP at least had the model. I'm not going to make it in volume. I'm going to make it in maximizing my profit per each game. Yeah. Okay. So that, that would seem completely different than Stern's model. And the, it makes a lot more sense to have a super limited premium edition, the double O's edition, maybe. Yeah. Because that would actually say, okay, it's the same play field. We're not, we're not investing any more resources into it, but we are putting a, like a special art package in it or, or something like, like they did with the SLE Batmans. Yeah. Some sort of special gimmick that sets that aside. However, the play is exactly the same. So that is a complete marketing slash money decision, which I think is smart. I mean, yeah. it's not, I'm not, I'm not the whale. I'm not the target, but there are whales and targets out there who say, I want to pay for the exclusivity of my super. Yeah. So that that is my thought process on that. I also think it's super unlikely that Stern would compete against themselves with competing designers. Yeah, that's so weird. This has never been done in the history of pinball, right? We've been doing this almost, pinball's been around since the 1930s. We're almost at 100 years of pinball. Yeah. And I don't think ever once have they ever had the same theme designed by two different people. It just the, seems kind of weird to me. The only difference you could you could say is, yeah, well, okay, there actually have been, but it has been... Gomez doing the the home pin version uh, or the home version of Spider-Man or Gomez doing the home version of Star Wars or Jack Danger doing the home version of Jurassic Park. So, yes, it has been done, but not simultaneously released yeah. and not something that I would say dr like aggressively competes with the other product. It's just so weird to me. What realistic? Let's be realistic here. Gomez spends. 13 plus months on bond, right? Designing this with his team, say it is Dwight. Uh, they've dumped everything into this game. Why would you have Elwin, which is arguably the best designer? He is the best designer. He's right currently now. your golden goose. Yes. Yes. Out of any, any of the corporations, mm -hmm. any of the manufacturers out there. Yes. Why would you release an Elwin versus a Gomez? The only, the only thing this is, only thing I could come up with, they want to they want a barometer test. They want to gauge what Keith Elwin does against someone that isn't a hundred percent always a designer. Because Gomez yeah. only does designs when when the occasion arises, right? Like, it, it, it was never gonna, like he did yeah, Deadpool because uh, we know the story about why uh, the John original Trudeau designer of that was just, yes, yeah. Um, and then, but but look at Batman sixty six and C uh, not C which. Beatles, mm -hmm. they're both remakes. They're not, they're tweaking. They're not a hundred percent commitment. And it's tweaking there. an older design. Yes. And so really the last Gomez game besides Deadpool has been six plus years ago, right? Six, seven years ago. Gomez just isn't designing. That's not his job. He's creative chief officer. But why would you, why would you even bother having Gomez and Elwin simultaneously designing the same play field? Like I said, unless if it's a barometer test to see 
what they can get out of an L1. Because it does make sense if a distributor sets the price. Yeah. So they're trying to find the ceiling. But they usually do that. They did that for Beatles, right? They yeah. did that for the the plat or the diamond edition, I think. So the diamond edition, because my understanding is with Beatles, you got ten. You had to buy thirteen of them. You got ten golds. You had two diamonds and or three diamonds and one, uh, or sorry, three platinums and one diamond or something like that. So it was like you bought fourteen games for all the same price, and you could sell the other two at whatever markup you wanted. But the um, difference in this case, though, is those weren't Elwins. Well, this is they also weren't a competing design. Like exactly. you didn't have the the Gomez design Beatles, and it was like, oh, and by the way, here's the Richie design Beatles. I think if this is true, it's because they're trying to figure out what they can get for L1 versus everyone else. Sure. And see, yeah. I mean, it, it's it could be a good idea. It could be a terrible idea. But right. if this if this really is the case that L1 has made a totally separate game and done his own spin on it and Rick Nagel's on code or whoever's on code. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some long, or there's some, uh, there's some things that line up that would make sense. I mean, they push back Eddie's title. If you push it back, you, that gives you danger and Eddie in between the next L one. Are we right. really, is Stern really going to wait another year? They're going to wait two years between L one releases. That's quite the vacation for Elwin, especially for a man that's been proven to design games in less than 12 months. Yeah. And multiple games. So do you let your Golden Goose not make you anything for two years? It doesn't sound right to me. Yeah. I, I So I will say there is a sliver of possibility on this. Okay. Being competing design. I'm looking at it from a business standpoint to think I don't understand the resource allocation that would be required to do two competing games. And then you are also competing with yourself. Yeah. So I would, if that is their decision, I would disagree with it from an amateur business standpoint. Like it, it, it doesn't make sense. I say yes and no. And the reason being is, is I think it makes sense because Elwin sells games and they know that. And so making a fourth game like, that's just one standard model where you only have to buy those parts for one model versus across three or well, two. But, and then it, it, it's, it's smart in a way that like Ellen's your biggest seller. If you can narrow it down to one path and, and maybe this bond is one they want to keep on the line line for a long time. It's hard to keep three models or at least two models on the line at all times. You chop it down to one, you, you focus that, that energy all in that one. I, I just don't know. I think it I think it is wise in a, a couple ways. I think it's bad in a couple ways. I think if you release a competing L1, Gomez Games is dead on arrival. Maybe, but uh, Deadpool was dead on arrival and now it's become a very popular game. No, Deadpool was not dead on arrival. People yeah. liked that game. No, they didn't. They just didn't like the clunkiness. No, they, they didn't like the game. They they thought it was it was a miss. And then it, because people weren't buying the Deadpool, so they cut the production short. And then it became a desired thing, kind of like Stranger Things. That was not a big hit when it first came out. And then people decided they really liked the game. Yeah. Um, I don't. But the with uh, with that, it just seems like, if, again, I'm just saying that's not, do you think, 
the name James Bond sells more games or do you think the designer sells more games? I think the designer right now. I think See, designer I, I disagree. I disagree. I disagree because people are still buying thing, uh, games based on theme alone. We have Data East won that war. That theme was king. Like people are paying crazy money for Back to the Future because it is Back to the Future and it's not yeah, a great but, game. But the game has been elevated for the over the last 30 years. Yes, I agree that theme. I, I think once you're getting into the hobby and for the person that is very casual, mm -hmm. that lo enjoys pinball, wants one or two in their basement because there are people, I know people are like, you get the one, you get the bite. No, there is a whole different market out there that you don't know about. That's literally like, Oh, Toy Story's coming out. I'll, I'll get one of those. It, but and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is like we are talking to a very small demographic. People who listen to pinball podcasts, they know who the designers are. They know the game flow. They know the different games. The vast majority of people who are playing pinball out there are not in this category. They they just look at a theme. But theme, speaking of recognizability in this day and age, if theme was king, then Toy Story would have sold gangbusters over Godzilla. Well, okay. I would say that theme, so people bought Toy Story mainly because of the theme and not the designer. Okay. Um, but the price was the limiting factor on that one. The, the price really way outshot the market when we're starting to see a slowdown in, in, in economy. And so I, I, that definitely affected the Toy Story sales. Well, but, I just think though, saying that theme is what drives everything. I think that's just too simplistic of an answer. Now, after us diving into this hobby for like just the podcast alone, we've been doing this for almost four years now. I think saying theme alone, just I, I didn't say theme alone, but I said okay. the the primary driver in sales. Yeah, it's the primary driver. Yes, everything else, the art package, because we always talk about the art package. We talk about the designer, but. It really comes down to the theme is the most important thing in an, in a design, which is why Stern doesn't do unlicensed themes. Yeah. But, and they, even Black Knight was, it was a recognizable theme for pinball, but it wasn't a licensed theme and it didn't sell as well. I bet the Black Knight sold better than Led Zeppelin though. It may be, <laughs> maybe. My point being is, is, Theme is theme is the candy wrapper, right? Yeah. But the actual gameplay, the code, mm -hmm. is the taste of the chocolate bar. I, I agree, but most people are not. The vast majority of players are hacks. They are not your your top top 100 players. Yeah, but like a game like Godzilla, mm -hmm. even if you're a hack, you feel like you've accomplished something even if you don't leave Tokyo. Yeah. If you destroy a building and maybe defeat a monster, you still feel accomplished versus whitewater, which is, it's very wood choppy. It's, mm -hmm. it's getting the rafts down the river. People still love it, but do you really feel accomplished at the end of that game versus Godzilla? Yeah. It's also a 30 plus year old game, which True. is different. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not going to go comparisons right now because yeah. my mind's totally far from that. And it's honestly, it's time for us to get wrapping up. Yeah. Um, but but the, I just, uh, okay. So your gut feeling, yes or no, one game, two designers. My gut feeling, yes. Okay. My gut feeling is no. 
I figure as much. So, so we'll we'll see uh, we'll we'll see who's right uh, in two weeks. Not even that because it'll be Tuesday. Yeah. They've, they've, well, I guess yeah, two weeks. We're in two weeks. Next. Yeah. Maybe we'll record sooner. Who knows? Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so so where are we on the scoreboard? So you think it's just Gomez? I think it's Gomez, and I think it's a variety art package like an SLA thing. Okay, and I think that they were delayed because of just licensing pending approval. I agree. It has something to do with the license or not the death of the queen, but we'll go with that. And uh, I I really think it makes sense. I'm sorry. There's I'm I'm a puzzle person. So the fact that they pushed back a title, blamed it on production mm-hmm. and then pushing i mean pushing Owen's game out for two years versus one it doesn't make sense to have your golden goose not laying eggs right so i i think i think it's a possibility i think it's an interesting market marketing challenge and i don't know we'll, we'll know in a week yeah we'll know in a week but um so yeah i guess that wraps it up for us do you have anything else scott no, I think it's good. I'll, I'll be really interested to see. I, I'm a wait and see on this theme. Yeah. Um, it's not an instant buy for me. Um, I've never been a huge Bond fan. I, I, I've seen uh, probably half the movies and I appreciate them, but they're, it's, it's okay. It, Austin Powers kind of ruined Bond for me because it just made a lot of the older Bonds look kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And, and the last five James Bonds have been basically, a, a, they have retooled as the Bourne Identity. Yeah. Well, it's worked for him. It's worked it's more. Oh, absolutely. More serious tone. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, we are loser kid pinball podcast at gmail.com. We're also on socials, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at loser kid pinball. If you'd like to get a hold of us, the easiest way to do it is on Facebook through messenger. And we hope to see you soon. We hope to see you at expo. Yeah, so, that'd be great. Uh, want to send us off Scott? Yeah, I, I actually am curious to see what the listeners are thinking. So if you have a take on what, uh, well, one, what the delay was, and two, do you think two designers are one, uh, just send us an email or message us because I'm really curious to find out what the, the general market feels. I agree. All right, see you in two. Okay, see you.